hey, this is Doug Jones. You might know me as the Silver Surfer or Abe Sapien from the Hellboy movies or Billy Butcherson from Hocus Pocus. But right now, you're listening to the Candare Podcast. And welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I am Handsome Jake. Ooh, Handsome Jake. Jake. I like that. I like that. The legend. (laughs) We've got a good episode for you today. We're going to be talking about the most attractive fictional characters in in, uh, what? Just movies, cartoons, TV. Thinking like primarily comics, cartoons, games. Yeah. You want to think non real people, I think is the angle. This is going to be fun and maybe a little embarrassing. (laughs) I'm thinking your (laughs) ratio might be skewed in the wrong direction there. I think it's going to be a little bit fun and very embarrassing. Oh, we're putting ourselves out there. Yeah. That's what the listeners want. They it's want about the vulnerability. Right? Yeah. You know, it makes you relatable. We're showing them our underbelly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. We'll lose a lot of viewers. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to open the door to the comic vault. What do you got this week, Jake? I have got a horror, sci-fi, and surreal anthology webcomic called False Positive that Ooh. just rules. Sounds pretty cool. I love it. Can't just the title sounds awesome. I know, right? Awesome. One of the books we'll be talking about there. And then uh, a little bit later, we're going to be joined by Sam Johnson, all the way from the UK, uh, returning to the show to talk about Geek Girl. This comic is very much the inspiration for today's yeah, Retro yeah, Roundtable, because Geek Girl herself is rather attractive. If you hadn't told them that just now, it wouldn't have been a big leap in logic <laughs> to assume that one brought about the other. So yeah, lots of sexy fictional characters today, and uh, let's just... I hope you're ready for maximum sexiness, <laughs> listeners. So let's... Clear your schedules for sex. you damn straight. So let's kick it off with this week's Retro Round Table. All right, the most attractive fictional characters we can think of, I guess at least to us, sure. in our opinion. I've got a number one that's okay. just like hands down for me. And here's the thing. Like this even, is your number one This is my time. number one. Okay. This is my big deal, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I want to lead with it, though, because it's like the one I've got the most to talk about, and the rest I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah, she's cool, too. You but, think we should end with that one? Yes. I'm going to save my number one for the end of this segment. Okay, I've, I've kind of got a number one, too. Sweet. So I'll save okay. that for the end. Deal. So, uh, okay, other fictional characters that are attractive. Uh, I think one that probably comes to most people's mind is Jessica Rabbit. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, she was constructed to be that type of character. Yeah, the perfect uh, perfect body, I yeah. guess. I she, mean, well, she's like a parody of that, you know. Right. I don't know. If, if Jessica Rabbit were obtainable, she'd never go for anyone no, like geez. me. It's like, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, Even in the cartoon realm, she'd way out of my league. Yeah, and you see people with, like, celebrity <laughs> crushes, like, oh, my God, Taylor Swift is so hot. It's like, yeah, well, she doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah, you know? right. It's like, why obsess over something so unobtainable? Right, Whatever, right. You know. Well, there's a little part of us that sometimes right. just can't help. Yeah, it. it's like the stupid a man can dream. As long of. as we're not making YouTube videos too. Oh, that boy. character stating our love, then we're good. Because yeah. there are people that take that shit too far. There is a dark part of the world full of those. Did you ever see that YouTube video? There was a some uh, older guy. I mean, this guy. Was it the guy going on about Selena Gomez? Yes, yes. Oh. 
that just that that video did that go is, viral? I think so. I think it okay. made some big impression somewhere. It was on like Tosh point oh at some point or something. Yeah, that's probably so where it I spread saw around. It, yeah. yeah, that this is more than you want to know. But that video has given me like negative boners. Imagine like, being her though. Erections I would have had from this point forward have been deducted, and I'm just like in the hole. <laughs> Imagine her. She's got to be... I wouldn't ever want to leave the house. I wonder how aware of it she is. Or if she's she's got people who can, like, filter this stuff out for her, you know? You mean make it so she's never aware of it? So that she doesn't have to face it head on, you know what I mean? Well, I'm sure she doesn't have to face it head on. I mean, like, even see the video. There are people who are like, let's just, let's steer her. She's seen it, for sure. It would freak me out. I'd never want to leave the house, It's so... I don't even... There aren't even any words, because it's like... The video is like him trying to talk about how innocent his whole thing is. Like, guys, it's not even weird. I'm like, you're the one that's making it weird. (laughs) When you approach this with the attitude that people already think it's weird, you've lost. Right. Wasn't there another video of the guy in Britney Spears? Leave Britney alone. Oh, yeah. Just leave her alone. Oh, my God. God. You know, I saw this. um, I saw this documentary that was just nuts. It was about these two people living in different states, different parts of the country. Both of which had an obsession with... Who's the girl who sang that song, like, I Think We're Alone Now? Oh, I don't know. Whatever her name is. Both of which, they had this delusional idea... to be a remake. I mean, the original one was The Kinks, wasn't it? I don't think so. Shows you what I know. The point is, these two people had this weird... I think. I could be wrong. Let me double check that. Keep talking. They had this delusion that they were in a relationship with this woman. And they were certain... They were like, yeah, no, yeah, we've been dating for such and such years. It's like two people with the exact same highly specific psychological disorder. It's it's so bizarre, you know. It's it's like, cool, you have a crush on this actress or that. Oh, you know, she likes this actor, he likes that actress. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was so fucking wrong. Oh, I thought you might have been. I, I didn't want to so be rude wrong. about it. No, call my ass out on that <laughs> okay. shit. Come on. Tommy James in the Shondells. Well, easily mistaken for the kinks, <laughs> except for the difference in genre. Nationality. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, attractive characters. I'm gonna throw yeah. one out there. Let's hear it. This is, I wanna clarify, in the comics, she looks older than she does in the cartoons. I'm not a weirdo. I'm say Raven from Teen Titans. I always thought she was cute. Okay, I've only seen Teen Titans a couple times. She's the. The cloaked one with the, like, gemstone, like, the gray really? skin. She's the super Does she ever show her figure enough for you to, like, be attracted to her? Or is it for just, like, For the most like part. A, like, it's more of I'm a attracted than to a the form. mysteriousness of That's, her. like, the bigger element, though, is that she's, <laughs> like, like, oh, I could totally date an interdimensional witch with demon powers. You know, it's like, that works for me. Okay. But I always thought, I don't know, for whatever reason, she was up there on my list. Right. Especially when I was, like, younger and I was just, like, just starting to notice girls. And I'm like, oh, geez, it's Raven. Lois Griffin. Lois. The quintessential. Because, like, when you take it. It's cliche. Well, that's the thing is, like, you've been conditioned to think she's hot. Yes. Right? Because if you saw her all at once, like, erase your mind and see Lois Griffin again the first time, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's like a cartoon. Mm -hmm. But, like, throughout the series, they hammer this point home. And it's almost, I think, like, a credit to the writing of the series, not like Family Guy has some stellar world-breaking writing, but <laughs> that you got it in your head, like, yeah, 
yeah, Lois is hot. You know, it's like not like she's physically classically attractive as a drawn person. That's a it's good just, point. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we're pushed to believe that just because of how attractive sure, she yeah. is in the show. It's established and it gets in your head and you're like, well, I guess she must And be. it doesn't help that they always put her in lingerie. Oh, or sure. Like have yeah, her, I like, mean, buck naked <laughs> that's sometimes. an element. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Now, this one I'm going to steal right, right uh, from Wayne and Garth's uh, top ten <laughs> swing babes or the whatever swing. they called it. But uh, uh, Betty Rubble. Come she's, on. Right. she's better looking than Wilma. Oh, without By a, a doubt. wide margin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a shame because she, like, doesn't get as much screen time, right? I mean, she's not, like, the main... Like, Fred and Wilma, they're the primaries. Right. You know, Barney and Betty, they're the counterpart. It blew my fucking mind when they made the Flintstones movie <laughs> and decided to put Rosie O'Donnell in the... Yeah. Spot Isn't that Betty. a shame? I was like, who <laughs> the fuck made this call? What a here? waste. <laughs> I mean, what? What about? It was a it was a fun movie. It oh, wasn't sure, good, yeah. but I mean, it, you know, I haven't seen it in. Oh, well, oh no, me neither. And I'm sure watching it now would be horrible. Oh, but it would not hold up. I love the Flintstones, sure. and uh, yeah, to see that movie was fun. Yeah. John Goodman, come on, he was you, he was good. John Goodman's such a likable guy. Yeah, like even when you don't like him, he's a good Fred Flintstone. Yes, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, and I think Rosie did okay as uh, Betty. Sure, I don't, you know, not no to offense to Rosie O'Donnell, not at all. Not the to people who might her be attracted to or anything. <laughs> but I don't count myself among that number. If or... I were casting, <laughs> she may not come to mind when I no, thought of Betty. No, that's that's. Who would you cast as Betty? Rose? See, I was thinking about that, and I'm like, come up with something quick because he's going to ask. I didn't come up with anything. I've already enough. got one. What you got? I I can't remember her name, but she's in Gotham, and she was in Deadpool as Deadpool's uh, as uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds' girl. How old would she have been when this movie was made? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just oh, we're saying just, we're like we can't go in the past. Okay, to do this. No, we're sorry. doing this now. This is we're, my brain. We're doing Flintstones <laughs> reboot. <laughs> okay, today. Good call. You know who else? I'm going to say Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Heiress to the Jones fortune. I don't know who this is. It's Quincy Jones' daughter. She was mm, in Parks and Rec. She was. Oh, that's Anne why I, I am like very anti Amy Poehler. So okay, you ever watch The Office? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm running out of things. She try, was in. try me on The Office. I've seen The Office. The Office with Steve Crow. It was like oh, I forget her name, but it was like Jim's other love interest besides Pam. Oh yeah. When he went to that other office. Yes. Yeah. Her, yeah, 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 yeah. She was also in, uh, what was that, Louis C.K. show, Life with Louis or something that was... Uh, oh, was it Lucky Louis? Or Lucky was it... Louis, maybe. There was no, a... maybe it was Life with hmm. It was one that was, uh, it was filmed on uh, Desilu Studios. It was filmed at Desilu Studios. No, yeah, and they filmed it just like they would film like those old style television shows. Huh. And uh, it was good. It I've was seen, fun, I've... but she was in that. She played his wife. I've seen the thumbnail, you know what I mean? Like, I, it always ends up... Somewhere in what I'm searching through, but I've never sat down and watched it. I think it was Life with, or no, maybe Life with Louis as the Louis Anderson. Oh wait, <laughs> that's the cartoon with. Is that what it was? Yes, yeah, the Louis. I think it's Lucky Louis. Maybe it's what Lucky you're Louis. About. And then yeah. there was just Louis that was on. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, FX is... or something like that. Okay, here it is. Here's the girl I was talking about, Marina Bakrin. Is that how you pronounce that? Hang on, I gotta, I gotta put on my glasses. I'm in reading mode now. She plays Lily Tomlin in Gotham. Baccarin? Baccarin would be Marina my guess. Marina Baccarin? Marina Baccarin, yeah. Woo, <laughs> doggy. 
She's right up there. I tell you what, though, I, I gotta say, t- t- to me personally, the all-time hottest actress I have ever seen, just flat out, it's gotta be Margot Robbie. Mm. She's my like number one, not now, a fictional character. So, but is that because of? It's not even because of Harley Quinn. Okay, it's just like even before that and the smaller stuff she's been in, she's just like she's a. Uh, oh yeah, she's yeah, a looker. She's sure. right up there for sure. You know who would make a fantastic Wilma in a Flintstones remake? Her name is oh no, what's her name? Christina Hendricks. No idea. Google it, Google it right now, because you're going to look at her and you're going to be like, holy shit, Jake, you just blew my mind. That's a perfect casting. Oh, wow. That's a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's almost a better Wilma than Wilma deserves. Yeah. I'm, who who played Wilma in... Oh, man. I can't even remember now. She was in... I think she was in uh, Breaking... Or not Breaking Bad. She was in Weeds. She played Cynthia in Weeds. Did you oh, ever see that show? It's been a long time since I've seen Weeds. That was a good show. Um... And then in the second movie, Wilma was played by the uh, woman from Third Rock from the Sun. The, oh, yeah. What was her name? Man, maybe God, we shouldn't be talking we're about bad actresses. names. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, what's her name and what's it? Oh, yeah, she was cool. <laughs> She's in a movie, right? Okay, so fictional characters. Fictional here. characters. Um, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. My number one, and I, I fully accept whatever ridicule or incredulous, you know, shocked noises I'm going to get from this. Velma, Scooby-Doo. Velma? Yeah. Yeah. Jinkies? Yep, that's the one. Okay. Let's break this No, shit yeah, down please. Right here. No, I'm now, prepared. Are I'm we talking ready to about analyze like the cartoon? All of this. The cartoon, to an extent, I thought the casting was good in the movie. She okay. was cute. I don't know what her name is. I think she... Let me look up really quick. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Google Image Search. Okay, but, now if you're going off the movie here... This is uh, another girl. I don't remember her name. She played Lindsay Weir in Freaks and Geeks. She was in Grandma's Boy as the love interest. I haven't seen Grandma's Boy since, I think, The Revolution. So, yeah, based on that, I can, I'll can i right? totally give you that. But to me, because like, in my head, it's now this, this alloy of like the old cartoon Velma and her as a live-action Velma. I don't know. Something about the like long sweater, short skirt dynamic. What can I say? I mean... Look at this guy here. And, like, you're watching Scooby-Doo, and it's like Daphne's the quote-unquote hot one, right? right? And something about that turns me off. I'm like, yeah, she's, like, that classically attractive, and they're hammering that because point in. doesn't... I mean, doesn't her persona kind of come with a little bit of ditziness yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, and she's a little, like, mm, you mm-hmm. know, it's like her and... What's his name? Fred for the underdog thing. here. Exactly. It's like she has got, like, a cuter thing about her. It's not like the hotness, it's the cuteness. It's a subtleness. I'm vulnerable subtle for the, to the cuteness, yeah. And it's like, she seems more fun, you know, agreeable. She'd be down for whatever. This is starting to sound weird. Do you think, uh, how do you think a date with her, with her would play out? I think she would be the nervous one. And that's probably the thing that appeals most to me is like, I wouldn't have to be the one worried about control. (laughs) (laughs) I could just be like, oh, thank God, whatever I say, she's going to be the one that's worried about. I don't know. She's pretty outspoken. She is. The cartoons. But she's like socially not heard because she's used to these people because she knows that's what she has to do to get her. voice. So in the beginning, though, of dating Velma. You'd be in control, but as she got to know you and you guys got comfortable with the each other, balance would even the balance out in a nice, switch. comfortable way. Okay, you see, you okay. see how much I'll time I've spent it. with no one else. I don't want to debunk your uh, theory here, so okay. uh, we're thank good. you. I'm going to put mine out there now. Let's hear it. 
And this was weird <laughs> because when I say this one, this was like a legitimate like feeling like, man, this is yeah, I was crushing on this fictional sure, character. Sure. We've all been there. Ahsoka Tano from the Clone Wars. Now, now, before <laughs> anyone starts going and judging me here, the end of the Clone Wars. She's she looks way too young in the beginning right, of that yeah. series to. Uh, <laughs> I do I do not have pedophile tendencies. No, <laughs> I no, promise you. But uh, and in uh, Rebels, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Her, a full grown. She's like she's badass in Rebels. Yeah, though. she's like war weary almost. Yes. It's really cool. But I don't know what it is about that character. <laughs> but um, damn, when I was first introduced to her, plowing through that series, uh, no pun intended. Right, <laughs> the phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I had a little infatuation with her. You know what it is? I bet you're you're excited at the idea like. If you were going out to eat or something or a movie, you'd always get there on time because she'd never have to fix up her hair first. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. I see. I think in that situation, I might be um, attracted because I might be a little afraid. She that's scares me <laughs> yeah, a little bit, right? and I think that's probably what would pull me in. Wow, she could kill me right now if she wanted to. <laughs> I wouldn't have <laughs> she any chance so to stop. Yeah. <laughs> How do you win an argument with Ahsoka Tano, assuming you've been in a relationship for however many years? She seems reasonable. Well, yeah, she seems reasonable until you push her over to the dark side. and She gives you an aneurysm by force mm. constricting a blood vessel. I think head. another reason I liked her is because of her view of the force. Not that that was like, oh, man, your view of the force is <laughs> turning me on, baby. Or Keep talking. <laughs> But she obviously, you know, we never saw her go to the dark side, but at the same time, she didn't feel the light side, you know, was for her either. She sure. just rode this middle line, this yeah. middle ground, which was awesome because, you know, it's, I've always kind of thought that about Star Wars. How is there ever, how can one side bring on the balance of the force? Balance is having light and yeah. dark, you know, yeah. the so neither one can... I think you, you get a good element of that in Luke Skywalker toward the end of the original three, where he doesn't, like, give in to his anger. Mm-hmm. You see what it is, a quote. And uh, he, he sort of accepts it, and it becomes a, a tool in his arsenal. You know, he's angry, but he's disciplined. Right. He's got that element of passion from the dark side and the element of the, the training and the inner sort of calm of the light side. You know, he is the balance for that very reason. I Not see. necessarily because he, you know, has yeah. some philosophical goal in mind, but because he's integrated those elements. And, and a little bit from column A and yeah, column exactly. B into a uh, perfect mixture. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. Good point. I feel like we've uh, kind of been excluding our female listeners here a little bit. That's a good point. You know, so maybe before we end the segment, we should... Uh, I'm comfortable enough with all, my uh, sexuality here to we're sit all here adults and say, here. "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> now, one thing that irritates me is uh, the amount of uh, ladies I've heard talk about John Stamos and Uncle Jesse. Come on, <laughs> I mean that's like talking Jessica Rabbit, kind of. Right? right? It's I mean, just like you're not even trying. You're just you're going for the low hanging fruit. I didn't like that. As soon as I was done with it, maybe we aren't comfortable enough phrasing with again. to have this conversation. Ah, jeez. Is Uncle Jesse still attractive by today's standards? I mean, he's still John Stamos, right? So and he, he's in Fuller House, right? Is he? I don't know. We we watched the pilot of that, like when the whole cast was there, right? And then oh, okay. we tried so the like, uh, second episode, and we were through. like. 
we were like, oh, this isn't going anywhere, <laughs> yeah. but it shows what we know. It's, uh, it's like really blowing popular. up for some yeah. reason. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say he's like that rugged sort of like the Hollywood handsome, you know, I mean, he's, he's, of... he's been consistently, yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, would be considered as uh, very, very handsome. Right. He hit, but I'm he just hit like what I'm 35 years like, old and stopped. So it's like... with Uncle Jesse with his like big black mullet and <laughs> like his Elvis like clothing and stuff like that. I mean, so stylistically, maybe a little out of date. <laughs> if you dress something very pretty up and stuff that isn't so pretty, <laughs> is it still pretty? Right. Isn't that the whole concept behind Cinderella? Right? Mm. It's just like, oh, that's just the servant girl. And then Nobody she puts on her when dress. she was in her rags. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good point. You know, like so some, no, they would not like yeah. Uncle Jesse to <laughs> I guess that's that's the very logical point we've arrived at. Mm. Who else? Tony Stark. Tony right? Stark? I mean, Jesus Christ. I'd question my own sexuality. You think there's a lot of... To get uh, those billions and access to Iron Man suits? You know what? Boom. I got the one. What you got? I know what it is, because I've seen it firsthand. Girls love Loki. Oh, Girls shit. love... Uh, You're right. Thor name? and Loki. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston, yes. Yeah. He's the... Yeah. And or, he just kind of... I didn't under, understand that, really. Again, I think I can look at a dude and be like, okay, I get why girls like him. Sure, sure. Him, not so much. I think the Britishness is a huge factor. You could be the ugliest person on the face of this earth. If and you've if got you're a British, British accent, there's a good chance. <laughs> ladies will fall all yeah, over you. that's all it takes. And there's probably some girls rolling their eyes right now, but come on. Dude, it's... And it sucks, because, like, we're powerless against that kind of shit. Yeah. What chance do we have? I'm not saying... Just had a great idea. What's that? We need to get a British accent. We need to learn That's the accent. That's a perfect idea. We'll just, we'll take classes, like night classes, get it really, you know, like, convincing. <laughs> and just overnight become British. We'll pick a regional accent, mm-hmm. like, from one of the boroughs of London or something. I don't know, Birmingham, whatever. And just, like, zero in on that. Yeah. That's what the ladies like. Watch out, accents. ladies. Candace getting Candace. British accents. Oh, it's like uh, all the girls who are obsessed with Benedict Cumberbatch. That's one. Now, me and Brooke actually have talked about this because she raises a good point. Why? <laughs> right. And, and I, as an actor, love him, right? Mm. Oh, great. Yeah. And all great. sorts of things. I've rarely, I can't think of a uh, performance he's given. I've been like, I don't know about that. Always mm-hmm. thought he was great. Love Sherlock. Great mm-hmm. show. But he looks like a fetus that came to term but did not develop into a human being. He's got, like, that (laughs) spliced, weird face where everything's, like, spaced slightly wrong. I don't know. I don't know, but but girls love him. I remember my sister. Yeah, that's right, Taylor. You're not getting out of this one. She hated him. She was like, she's so gross. Oh, he looks so weird. I'm like, hey, you want to watch Sherlock with me? We watched three episodes. Her goddamn computer wallpaper was Benedict Cumberbatch. Within oh, a week. really? Yeah, so there's something. There's some magic. There's some sorcery. Now, do you want to know who Brooke finds very attractive? She loves his characters and just the actor himself. This is one I've never been able to wrap my mind around. Because I like him. I think he's a great actor. I like his movies. Sure. Steve Buscemi. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> cool guy. Love his movies. Yeah, the I guess Next time I... you see her, act normal. Act like you didn't know That's that. That's going to be hard, man. <laughs> I think you've kind of changed the dynamic when uh, I walk into this house. That's one I've never been able to put my hands on. We started with Ghost World. We got the movie Ghost World. Okay. And he played the character uh, Seymour in that. And what a good movie that was. It comes from a graphic novel. I haven't seen it or heard of it. 
It's I'm good. In the dark on it's this good. One. It's uh, Thora Birch and Scarlett Johansson, like one oh, of okay. Scarlett Johansson's first roles, but a uh, nice. really good movie. Hipsters would love it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's old, right? Those are the only qualifying. Uh, I'd say early 2000s, something like oh, that. The okay. movie came so out. I'm not like sure not about the book, old. but yeah, yeah. So okay, well I think that was successful. Yeah, I think we covered we covered all the bases there. Kind of got a little off topic, but that's what this is all <laughs> about, right? Right. We don't pick the topic to stay on the topic. Right. You know what would make each and every one of these characters more attractive? What's that? A Candare shirt. I'll bet you're right. I, I know I'm right. If I saw Velma Dinkley wearing one of our Candare shirts, Candare shirt with a little. Uh, what like orange? Like orange the, is her thing, right? Yeah, yeah just yeah. two different shades of orange, right? Yeah. Now the good thing about a Candare T-shirt is on the website. If you want it in an orange, by God, you can order it. That's in an convenience. Orange. That's if the you future. You want it in a brown? Don't know why. Why? You would. <laughs> but, but the options did, there. If you have no the friends. options there. Yeah. 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 The the limit to your Candare shirt is your imagination. Don't even get me started, people. It's so yeah. it's just really the accessory for for the successful people of this world. Yeah. It's like that's how you weed out. It's the cream of the crop. Yeah. I know Valentine's Day will be over by the time people are hearing this. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, maybe uh, next time you're thinking about getting your lady some sexy lingerie or something, just get a Candare t-shirt. <sighs> That'll a turn size me on. too small. <laughs> there you go. There now you you're go. thinking. There that's you go. a nice romantic gift everyone can enjoy. <laughs> Consider our uh, one yeah. with the stupid-looking robot on the front. Oh, or there's, there's some good stuff on there. The there's one a, that says, that was my nickname in high school. My personal favorite. Oh, I can't imagine why. Right. Yeah. Well, you know. There's some coffee mugs on there. The coffee mugs are cool. The coffee mugs are really cool. Yeah, Jack like made one that actually, uh, the top and the bottom rim have, like, silver on it. So it's like the actual nice. I'm going to have to get <laughs> one cool. of those. But uh, yeah. head over to society6.com forward slash Pod, Or you can just go to candairpodcast.com and click on the merch button. Sick merch. Get some shirts, people. Come on. We haven't used the word merchandise since this whole thing started. It's just saying merch is such a We ain't got the time for that. Right. We, we got stuff to do. We're a busy podcast on the go. Right, right. That's what it is. And once again, we are uh, still doing the contest for uh, Zero One Publishing. Our friend uh, Kat Roca sent us over some digital download codes for a bunch of graphic novels and just regular novels from their website. Really awesome stuff out there. Beyond awesome. Yeah. Uh, The stuff that has artwork with it's beautiful. The novels, we've looked uh, through a few of them, and good stuff, people. You know, you think, like, free downloads, free handouts, it's going to be, like, something kind of cheap, some up and cut. No, this is quality stuff, no question. And probably about the easiest contest we're doing. (laughs) I can't imagine any less effort aside from just randomly picking people to give this stuff to. Yeah, yeah, just out in the street. We go down to Applebee's like, you get a comic. But, even as easy as this, last week's uh, issue we were giving away of Titanium Rain is still available. Is it really? That was your nickname in high school, Titanium Rain. Okay. Would you like to know why? Uh, Do I? No. I, that's what I was going to answer. I'm actually not able to disclose that easily. <laughs> okay. But Titanium Rain, a graphic novel, a freaking gorgeous graphic novel. I can't tell you how beautiful this thing is. I almost wanted to keep it. And I'm not just making a joke when I say that. <laughs> yeah. I thought about the listener won't even know if this one's gone. Right. But I can't do that consciously to the listener. We love you guys. We respect you guys. We want you to have Titanium Rain. You're our special boys. Get jokes up here. <laughs> But, Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> but all you have to do to claim this prize is be the first person to either send us an email 
at cannedairpodcast at gmail.com or simply follow us on Twitter and send us a direct message or just a regular tweet saying, I want titanium rain. If you're the first person to do that, you've won. You get it. If you're <laughs> listening to this and considering it, you're going to be the just winner. do it. <laughs> you're going to be the winner. No one claimed it. If you're sitting there thinking to yourself like, oh, somebody's already got the one I want. Wrong. Just right. be the one that gets it. Right. What do you have to lose? Oh, my God. Come on. Guys, Come what are you on. doing? We're you giving away comics here. Finish heating up your cup noodles later. <laughs> Reality TV can wait. Come on, read some comics. Enrich your mind. And this is not just a comic. This is a graphic novel. People are going and dropping like 20, 30 bucks on these things. This one's free. It's a quality product. For sending a tweet. But no, you got to catch that next episode of Hoarders or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, I don't want to badger the uh, people, the listeners, any it's tough luck. further it's than what we they have. need. It's, right? Yes, yes. It's it's not because we dislike you, it's because we love right. you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Free comics. Send us that email, send us that tweet. That's all I got. That's, I mean, that's it. <laughs> okay. Just do those things. <laughs> so moving on. Let's just swing open the door to the comic vault here. It's not the sound a vault makes. I did that the other time. But I like I? it. I like it. We need a sound effect there. I okay. do have one, but it's very quiet. I couldn't. I don't think anyone could hear it. You know, it'd be cool. Rather than like a door opening, we could have like a metal like chunk of like the lock mechanism yeah. retracting. Now, where are we going to get that? And the super specific <laughs> stock sound effects website that are it's all free. And I, I just made it up. I, I, I'll dig around. Okay. I'll look. I'll see what I can find. <laughs> oh no rush. All right, so uh, you weren't here last week. Go for it. I was not. Yeah, I had a migraine, and also I was being interrogated by the KGB for my involvement in a scandal in Belarus, which oh. I cannot disclose at this time. You missed a hell of an episode. We I had know, a hell it's of a, a lot real of fun shame. last week with Ryan uh, Little. He I was, was cool. bombed. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. Pokemon-themed episode. It right? was a blast. I was counting on you for that one. I know, and I let you down. No, well, it, it turned out fine. Turns out we didn't need you. Oh, wow. (laughs) Good. Oh, man. Here I was so worried. Oh, shit. No, I was at home suffering, so that's cool. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm glad you're feeling better, and I'm glad you're able to make it today. Yeah, fuck you, too. (laughs) (laughs) On with the book. Yeah. um, What I read, I think I mentioned this, was a horror and sci-fi anthology webcomic called False Positive. Which has just blown my mind. Second one. uh, The the very first one I read, and when I was looking at the desktop version of the site, it was the first one that came up, but on the mobile version, they're in a slightly different order, um, was called Concoction by Mike Walton. Okay. First thing that caught my eye about this was the art style has this... It's a type of shading. The only way I can think to describe it is almost like if you've seen a topographical map Mm -hmm. uh, where there's no color. And the, the slopes and gradations are shown with, like, concentric outlines. Yes, yes. There's sort of that element going on in the shading. Okay. It gives it, like, this kind of... There's, like, a smoothness about it, but it's a little unsettling, too. And uh, it's in Shades of Grey, this comic, initially. And the, it's just very, very sharp and clear. And that that type of shading really brings out the detail as opposed to hiding it, which I thought was awesome. So Sounds cool. on board immediately. And it's a very simple storyline because these, these little like vignettes, they, they come in and they hit you hard and then they're gone, which I really like. You know, nice little bite-sized bits of terror. This guy is on an airplane. He's just texting someone you're not entirely sure who, saying, you know, oh, I'm a little bit late. I'll be landing in such and such. See you then. He gets to his hotel room, has a shower, he opens up his suitcase, and he realizes it's not his. Oh. He grabbed the wrong case, and this thing is full of vials. 
of different colored fluid just lining every inch of the case, all strapped in in these weird Baroque mechanisms. Very odd, crazy-looking stuff. And he's immediately taken aback. He picks one up. I'm going to say, like an idiot, (laughs) he picks one up. And there's a knock on the door. It's like housekeeping or something, I believe. (sighs) Last night seems so long ago. but (laughs) (laughs) Something catches him off guard. I think he calls the person he was texting earlier and tells him, yeah, no, I'm going to be late. Got the wrong bag. I got to get this sorted out. And he drops the vial. And it smashes all over his foot. And he starts to levitate off the ground. He's like, oh shit, this can't be happening, right? He's like, the logical thing to do. He screams very loud. (laughs) But uh, manages to regain control of himself. Executes this sort of somersault maneuver. It's clear he's getting the hang of this, like, immediately. It's very powerful, whatever he's run into. But slips and smashes into the case and crushes every vial in the thing. Ooh. He holds out one hand, and his fingers begin sprouting branches of fingers. It's almost like you remember that old wallpaper pipe dream, where all the pipes were coming at yes, you from all the angles. Yes. His fingers are just shooting off new little gross mutant fingers in every direction. His hand is becoming this grotesque thing. His other arm, like, stretches out like Mr. Fantastic. It's just oh, this man. boneless sleeve. And then you see housekeeping come in. Finally open the door, and she gasps. You see tears running down her eyes. And here he is in the middle of the room. He's become this mass of pulsing organs and limbs, right? One big mouth full of blunt teeth, and you can see, like, oh, just intestines and just fluid and, and limbs. And he gurgles, help me. You know, and the fluid from the case is everywhere. There's some hole into space in the wall behind him. Just, you know, just getting every effect hidden in these weird arcane little vials all at once. And it was gross and awesome. And I can't wait to read more. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah. Wow. What was that called again? False Positive. That little comic was called Concoction. And this is a webcomic, you said? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Let's put the uh, link up on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah, because it rules. Cool. Uh, my book this week, uh, I am diving back into a book we've touched on before with our friends over at 7 Uh Miguel Guerra and Susie Diaz. Uh, they created this anthology called Earth Dream that uh, they've got a couple of them out now that uh, both feature artists from around the world. And each little story is, uh, how was it? It was like a... Uh, I thought I knew what it was, but I was like thinking... Each comic is like uh, like making you aware of like a different situation on the planet Earth. I guess it's kind of like an Earth Day. Right, okay. It's like awareness for a particular struggle or yeah. concept. Or... Yeah, exactly. And they're really good books. And a great thing about these books is that they're free. All you have to you do is that. go to the website and you can download them. And, uh, yeah, again, these are graphic novels here. If so, there's one thing in the world I think we should all be grateful for, it's, like, fantastic artists who just want to share their work, you know, who don't ask you I right know. off the rip to buy these things. I feel like these are the people who need a lot more appreciation than they get. Absolutely. And I yeah. think it's hard to comprehend how much work actually goes into oh a comic God. book. It's this but to sit here and just look at each panel. I mean, this little square right here had would yeah. take me weeks. The detail is stunning. And it's not like that's a standout panel. They're all that gorgeous. You right. Know? The story I'm going to be reading within the uh, volume two of the Earth Dream anthology is uh, The Grind. And this is actually done by Miguel Guerra and Susie Diaz, the uh, two of, from 7robots.com and the ones who put this book together. But the comic starts, you see a bunch of, like, uh, 
android, like uh, robots, kind of working on an assembly line, and they're being carried around by these uh, different, like, kind of hovercrafts to their different workstations, and they're just mindlessly working while they all say work is perfection, work <laughs> right. is perfection, you know. Drones. And they they work in shifts. There's like a first, second, third shift kind of thing. And the first shift will go back to their pods, mount, and recharge while second shift comes out and so forth. After the first shift's done, all the robots go to their pods, they get in, and one kind of gets ejected back out of his pod. He's malfunctioning. You know, I, I know the cycle's not complete. Why am I not in my pod? And next thing you know, his arm falls off. Oh, jeez. Now, the arm falls off and is just shown as kind of like a metal sleeve because after it falls off, you see a human arm hanging there. <laughs> so the robot picks up the arm and slides it back over the human arm and snaps it back into place. Like, oh, it was malfunctioning, seemed to be back, you know, in control, whatever. Yeah. Going to start the recharge. So it shows them back, work is perfection, so hammering away. And again, snap, comes loose. And he uh, maintenance is required. You know, I need to get this looked into. And he starts worrying because as he's going through his workday, more pieces of himself are falling <laughs> off, exposing human elements. And he doesn't know what it is. What is this? Am I, you know, is this the darkness I've heard of? Like, you know, when they're decommissioned. Right. The darkness, like the robot's death, the afterlife. So now he's worried that, you know, if, if I'm spotted in this condition, I'll be sent to the darkness. I'll be decommissioned. I will be out of working order. So he starts hiding. I, I, I got to get out of here. And as he's making his escape, more and more pieces come off till you have just pretty much a dude in boxers with a robot head, <laughs> just confused as hell. Like, what am I? What am I doing here? Right. Finally finds a door that lets him out, falls out, looks up, and he's in like a jungle area. And realizing that he just escaped from this enormous, like, uh, silver, like, tracked uh, yeah, some kind of crawler sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, that looks like it's like laying down patches of forest flat. And he's like, what's happening? Where am I? This can't be real. And there's a there's a woman up on the hill. This most certainly is real. You know, there's uh, this is a place where there is no darkness. You know, the darkness that he had feared. And she's like, he's like, who are you? And she goes, I once was you. And she held, holds up a face, a robot face. <laughs> That looks exactly like his. And he's like, you were me? You know, like, still, like, trying to figure this <laughs> Struggling out. Struggling with the concept of self. Yeah, maybe. yeah. And so she says, every day, one of us wait here. We've all come from this ship, and every day we come back and wait for more to fall out to, you know, help you find what it is you've been searching for. And then it ends with her saying, reality only exists in the human mind. Once you are free, there's no need to ask. There's no need for a mask. And so you kind of see him pop his own mask off, and that's where it ends. And it was just, uh, I, I, I like the underlying, I guess, message there, kind yeah. of, how we can lose ourselves in the, just our daily grind, sure. our daily, not just so much even just work, but our, our own routine. Yeah, or like you start to feel like your job, you know, you feel yeah. like your schedule. All you are is defined by what you're doing at such and such time. Right. You kind of forget there's a human being underneath. Right. You know what else I really like about that is it's not overtly violent, Right, is it, you're getting this message across. It's there doesn't have to be some huge laser battle or some mm -hmm. war in space. You know, it's it's that's wild. It's something that to kind of make you think. Yeah, it's a good book. It's awesome. a good anthology. They both are. So uh, head over to sevenrobots.com. We'll have the links on Twitter and on the website. 
and uh, download free copies of uh, Earth Dream, Volume 1 and 2. What do you got to lose? We're just giving... (laughs) Well, we're not giving this away, but we're giving free comics, and we're telling people where to get free comics. I mean, just listening to this episode, that's a lot We're doing you a service. The least you can do is buy a couple thousand t-shirts from Society6. We're doing you a solid. Come on. Come on. Man, we have sold out already. <laughs> We've got one thing to sell, oh, yeah. and we're selling out to sell. If people could only see us, we're sitting here in, like, candor shirts, pants, hats, <laughs> yeah, right. gold necklaces. Check out my color contacts. <laughs> a C on one eye and an A on the other. <laughs> oh, Lord. All righty. Well, let's just move right along here. All right, and now joining the show, uh, Sam Johnson, to talk about his comic, Geek Girl. Now, we had you on back in episode, I think it was like 137. Does that sound about right, Jake? Something like that. It feels like about 10 years ago. (laughs) It really did. It it does feel a long time, yeah. But yeah, thanks for joining us, Sam. Thank you for having me back. Now, when we uh, first got to look at Geek Girl, I mean, one, what a pleasure that was in (laughs) itself. I mean, she's gorgeous. But... uh, Two, I mean, we were pretty much just seeing her introduction. Her power lie in the glasses she Yeah, it's like correct? a deconstruction of the glasses as a disguise yeah. trope, right? Yeah, yeah, the, there's a chip in the glasses. The glasses were invented by the resident college brainiac, and uh, there's a chip in them that gives her flight and super strength powers, but there's also a glitch in them, which is kind of messing with her head in ways she's not entirely uh, aware of. Now, issue one was just officially released toward the end of 2016, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, November issue one. And issue two is also available now. Yeah, uh, issue issue three is is out now. It's been, you know, it's it's a monthly four issue mini series. So issue three is the new one, and we've done issue three as a, a special jump on issue. It's like specially priced, and it's got a two page recap. Of uh, one and two, so if if you uh, if you weren't in from the beginning, issue three is a good one to come in on. That's always good because sometimes it feels like such an investment is needed to jump into a story. Right. I always like when there's like a easy entry point and you can go back as far as you like, but you know what you're dealing with. What inspired yeah. you to construct issue three like this? Well, I think. Obviously, when you when you're releasing a, an issue, a first issue of a series that's you know a, a relatively unknown character. I mean, we had issue zero some years ago, but it's not like you know a new Spider-Man miniseries or something. Issue one is is the the place most people are going to check it out at. Um, so I wanted to have you know a, another entry point for those that didn't because. Yeah, you don't you don't have to have been in from the beginning. And also the the way the story arc's been going is Ruby K Geek Girl landed these glasses on a on a drunken whim and without actually thinking about what she was gonna do with them and, and the responsibility that comes with them. So in the issue one she kinda got thrown into the deep end uh, of the, the tights and capes world. Things didn't go too well for her and uh, in issue two she was trying trying to sort of get her head around everything. And then uh, issue three, she's now ready to step up and, and be this this superheroine. It, it seems like, I'm not saying it's it's like comedic, you know, but the, the storyline here, the origins of the character, there's a comedic slant to it, you know. Yeah. 
So yeah. I, I wonder, are you, are you keeping up with that theme of it being almost not necessarily lighthearted, but a little funny, you know, not deadly serious? Or do you want to take this character down darker roads to see sort of what that gets you? Well, both. I mean, issue three is is quite lighthearted. I mean, issue three, when now Ruby, as I say, is now, like in issue two, she didn't even wear the costume. So issue three, she's now, right, I'm geek girl, let's do this thing. Uh, and the first people she takes on are a couple of D-list supervillains called A-Game, and you've got A-Juan and Monsieur A. So these are kind of like very, you know, low-rent uh, sure. supervillains. Uh and she doesn't even know who they're, they're like. Do you not know who we are? And, and he's like, and she's like, no, no idea. So it certainly uh, it keeps the the light uh, touch to it. But with what we're building to, I mean, issue one that the sort of catalyst for for Ruby having to sort of step up was that uh, she came. She was out looking for crime. This is what you do if you're a superhero. And and her resident superheroine of Maine, where she lives, got blasted through this billboard by this. Uh, mysterious new villain lightning storm now lightning storm is, is, is clearly a very dangerous character and, and we don't know what uh, what she's about and where she's come from so ruby is has been with because neon girl was put in hospital she kind of tasked ruby with right well you've got to stop this lightning storm now so that's what we're heading towards that's what we're building towards so whereas issue three <clears throat> starts off fairly light at the end of it we've got a setup for issue four which is going to be the big lightning storm versus geek girl battle and uh yeah it gets a little bit darker at the end of issue three i love that in the series i do too that's yeah. going to be when awesome you get the right see. balance of light and dark tones and right. especially the transition from one to the next i really right. always enjoy that yeah i mean another thing with with issue two with what that was really important for me to do is a key part of geek girl is is the relationship between her and her friend summer and we wanted to have you properly get to know her and and you do that through their relationship before we throw her into the darkness so that you're you know you're invested in this character and hopefully by the time you know ruby k at, at the beginning of the series is is you know a, a kind of a popular chick it girl type thing not necessarily the most uh, endearing of characters but now she, she becomes alienated from a clique just due to the klutziness that these glasses land her with and uh, and the shallowness of her clique but the one that remains is summer and say in issue two there's a lot of sort of it's a character issue and that hopefully will have readers in a position by the time we get to issue four where you know we really care when we find Ruby up against Lightning Storm in, in this very dangerous and dark situation. I love seeing a character's progression. Definitely. Like that, you know. They start out chewing through the C-grade villains and thinking, oh, this isn't going to be all, <laughs> yeah. all that bad. And then, yeah, you get that first major villain. They realize something about themselves, about sure. what they're doing, and it starts that next chapter. Up against someone with experience, yeah. you know, who understands the limit of their power and right. what they can do. Yeah, I mean, something we're going to see in issue four is is whereas, you know, typically when when we see superheroes and, you know, people that are sort of intended to be superheroes, which is not the case with Ruby, you know, they, they, they fight and, and that's what they do and then it's on to the next one. And, and Ruby is, you know, kind of out of her depth against Lightning Storm. And we're going to see that, you know, she's scared in this situation. This is not something she's uh, doing lightly. So do you have any uh, big plans for like uh, 
four and five and six. I mean, as far as is this just going to be a contained battle where she learns something? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm asking you to divulge too much about what's going to be happening. <laughs> no, no, I'm that's, so curious. That's How's this series going to um, end? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wins the battle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a four issue miniseries. There will be a second oh, series. I've I've written the first issue. Carlos is Carlos Grande, the artist, is is about to do the first cover for the second series. So I'm not sure whether that will be ongoing or or mini, but. Uh, there's definitely, I mean, the, the publisher is uh, when part of the deal going in, Marcosia, they committed to a second series, so uh, that's going to be happening. Yeah. Now, are they going to bring you any closer to achieving my dream of geek girl pinups? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> we, we have a few geek girl pinups uh, on online. Uh, I mean, the Facebook group, you'll you'll find some of those. Uh, not, we're not doing like a geek girl swimsuit special or anything like that. Oh, but, uh, see, you probably should. I know. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's not out of the, uh, the realms of possibility. But uh, hold on to that one for just put a pin in that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no. If you want to, if you want to see some pretty pictures of Geek Girl, the the Facebook group uh, should uh, tick that box. I will be looking. <laughs> I will be looking. This whole like <laughs> studio is going to be wallpapered. And what would Geek be Girl wrong with that? At one point. Hey, I'm not thing. saying it's wrong. You know, I'm just saying it's only a matter of time. <laughs> Now, when we had you on last, we had also talked about a few of your other uh, comics, like The Almighty's and uh, Cabrachini. How are these projects uh, faring? Cabrachini, Voodoo Junkie Hitwoman, is the ex-cracker turned supernatural gun for hire. And uh, that is long been in the works. We got Basically, we got to the point where the four-issue miniseries was all almost complete when Geek Girl came out. And, you know, I had to focus on that and devote you know my my time to to promoting that and fine tuning you know i mean i've done very minor edits on on it throughout right up to the point where you know i've just submitted issue four to the printers um so that needed all all my focus so once that's taken care of um i mean issue four comes out on march the first then i'll have more time to look at other stuff so carbaccini is going to be happening i just need uh, to get an artist to there's like a final four page sequence um that's that's set in her like mindscapes that requires a different uh, art style um i've just got to get that sorted and then that's done the almighty's uh we've been we've been working on another one i mean the thing with the almighty's is everyone involved is is working on other stuff so it's a slow thing and they're a series of one shots we had a one we had an issue zero uh and we've got the almighty's afterbirth one coming as the next one uh so uh yeah that's <laughs> that is awesome after yeah i'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm quite pleased with the uh <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm torn I, it took i'm a not sure to yet how i feel there, about it I, I love it i love it i think if you get the almighty's i think if you're familiar with the the sort of feel of the book then that that makes it fits completely and there's always been a, a parody element to the almighty so obviously we've got the rebirth uh reference there <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, quite far in. Uh, it'll be another a one-shot. Um, we've got about 18 pages of that 
illustrated, same artist as before, Eliana Kortsars, who's the main artist. Uh, and this is, gonna, this is gonna see, it's something we set up in, you can actually still get the main thing that sets up. There's a, a Almighty's Origins free digital comic, which you can get at uh, issue IWSW and drive through comics. And we introduce in that, there's this threat of the, this guy, Mocky, who's, uh, he's got plans for sort of world domination by bringing, bringing a bunch of creatures to, to the earth and uh, you know that's not a particularly original thing but when it's put in the the spin of the the quirkiness of the almighties um and we've got new member on the team now wayne winston the deadpool parodying character it's you know it's going to be quite uh, nutso and uh, it's, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun mike gagno mike the mike the almighty's co-creator came up with the the um the sort of sorts core concept of what the the thing's going to be about and then there's all kind of nonsense part on top of that so it's it's fun because it's the the deal with is the almighties are now getting rebooted by uh joe cyborg who's this shady character that works in an unspecified role in the white house and uh not everyone makes the cut uh, some people are not too happy with Joe Cyborg and the fact, well, the, the main, that Nightfang is not happy because when Joe Cyborg recruited the individuals, they were all invited to come on board, but he had this thing where it was like they had a, an email and then it, it blew up their computers so there'd be no trace of it. And, you know, Nightfang is not happy about all of his porn having been wiped out by this. <laughs> Priorities, you know. Oh, my God. Exactly. You, you've sold me. I want to read these more. I, I think we saw the first issue uh, again back yes. when we first had John and uh, what fun that was. So I can't wait to see uh, an afterbirth. That's awesome. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, one of those that aren't, aren't familiar with it, I'd say there's that, that uh, Almighty's Origins is a good uh, free thing to get you into it. And you can still get one and two. One went to a second print, and it's not one and two, one and zero at the Almighty's Amass.com website. Yeah, and if you uh, just Google Sam Johnson and go to, uh, was it your Blogspot page? I mean, you can pretty much find a free sample of pretty much everything you offer, correct? Yeah, if you, um, yeah, I think if you Google Sam Johnson comics, it should quite easily come up my blog because the, the link is quite convoluted. But uh, <laughs> at the top of the page, there's there's free digital preview comics of of, of everything we've mentioned, Cabra, uh, Almighty's, and also Geek Girl. And then uh, Geek Girl has her own website, geekgirlcomics.com, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a fair bit going on on that because been getting some nice reviews and, uh, you know, I've been doing podcasts and there's, there's previews up of all, th- all three issues. I've got preview pages up there. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's stuff going on there. And you can, of, of course, get, get the issues there in digital and print freaking awesome we'll put uh, links to that on our uh, twitter and on the website speaking of twitter you have a couple different uh, twitter handles uh at the sam johnson and uh, actuality press right yeah i mean yeah the, the sam johnson uh is da sam johnson is is my main one that's me for whatever actuality press is the the imprint that we publish the almighty's under uh, originally geek girl zero was under that but then it went to more cozier to, to for oh, sort of bigger exposure but yeah I've, i mean I'm, I'm all over twitter and facebook you can find actual yeah i mean actuality press um and almighty's a mass facebook groups would be 
good places to uh, we'll start rolling out previews to the uh, the afterbirth. <laughs> I cannot wait. Well, man, it's always uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so much. We'll send as many people your way as we can, and uh, just can't wait to see that next issue of uh, Geek Girl, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm very uh, interested to see what the reaction is going to be to that one because I think the the ending is. Uh, yeah <laughs> I'm sure it'll be good I'm sure it'll be good it is good but I think uh, I, I think I just can't say anything all I'll say is I'm interested to see what people's reaction to the ending will be well if she happens to lose any piece of her uniform during battle <laughs> I will give you money now right <laughs> now I think I missed the trick on that because yeah that, that, that doesn't happen which is yeah what, what was I thinking well, is there you, like an advanced donation process where you can like uh, yeah. digitally remove elements of the costume there you for go. 10 or 20 dollars look at this guy yeah, good ideas know. just flying out here if you're good at something never do it for free you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah oh man well once again sam thanks so much for being with us and uh yeah uh you're welcome back here anytime man Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jake, what do we got on the website? Well, you can follow us at candarepodcast.com. Have a look at all of our episodes. Follow us on our social networking mm-hmm. at candarepod, Twitter, canned underscore air on Instagram. Be sure to contact us any way you see fit. Email, Facebook. We've got it all figured out. And check out our merch on Society6. Yes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Candare's got merch. Society the number six the number dot six camp, that's dot com forward slash candare pod and you can have your own candare bling i know you've been dreaming of it for years so we answered listeners. we answered your call we uh you're welcome we're here to make <laughs> dreams come true <laughs> oh and don't forget to check out our hall of heroes sorry oh, wall yeah. of heroes uh, in I, the hall of justice something like that yeah they're walls <laughs> and halls they're just haven't been on the website here I, mean, I don't remember but, uh, suffice to say hall of heroes there it is hall of heroes wall of justice that's what it is anyway yeah. this has been a waste of everybody's time <laughs> check out our website i guess what we want you to take from this is buy a shirt that's correct <laughs> that's the crux of the matter here Oh, my God. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Sam Johnson. Thanks for listening, everyone. try a podcast spirit spirit all the comic and pop culture entertainment you could want in the candare podcast finally a form of entertainment not fully reliant on visual stimulation now we know and knowing is half the battle G.I. This has gone off the rails, hasn't it? I can feel the tension the listeners are experiencing right now. Damn, Velma. Fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs>
<laughs> it's just that's my that's my that's, that's my. a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's almost. A- Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. 